He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the uh, Thursday. It is the Thursday live edition of the Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management, a nationwide fee-based money management-only firm. And here with Barry Kite, our uh, chartered financial analyst. And, you know, I hate to say it, but the market is cheering today. What is the market cheering? It's cheering layoffs. That's right. It's happy. It's so happy that the jobless claims numbers are going up. I'm glad. I'm sure that those that uh, were laid off in the last week aren't so happy. But the Dow's up 138 today. That's four tenths of one percent. They're even happier at the Nasdaq, where the Nasdaq is up 88. Uh, it's up uh, 77 basis points right now. The S&P is up 21. Uh, that's a half a percent. Uh, oil stocks are having a very good day. The energy sector, with oil up a dollar seventeen, the much maligned fossil fuel is at seventy-seven dollars and eighty-three cents per barrel today. Gold is up sixteen dollars per ounce, but doesn't move too far from eighteen hundred. It's at eighteen thirty-four. Silver's up sixteen cents to twenty thirty-one. Uh, and the all-important 10-year, where we saw well, 107 basis points spread between the 2-year and the 10-year yesterday, it's uh, up two, down 2 basis points to 3.95% today. So welcome to today's Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. Barry, I don't know. Should we pop a cork? Should we light some? Should we have a fireworks display tonight? The the, the market is happy that the uh, the jobless claims went up this past week. Is that something to cheer? Oh, we don't have Barry yet. Well, we'll see. We'll get his microphones fixed. I'm sure he can hear me. But that's what the market is celebrating today. Okay. The, 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 the futures were down all morning. Okay. Last night, futures down. And when, uh, the, the jobless claims numbers came out, uh, that's when, uh, the market turned positive. That's when the futures turned positive. I think I hear Barry. Barry, are you celebrating? Nope. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get him here soon. Uh, and that's what the market is selling. Now, why is that? Because you've just heard very hawkish talk from the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, uh, saying that, you know, we're going to continue to watch inflation. And one of the stickiest parts of inflation recently has been the jobs uh, market, the strong jobs market, the too strong jobs market. Not able to get enough workers. It's driving wages up. And that is part of the inflation equation. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the impact that's having on the market here uh, recently. The Dow was down 58 yesterday. Of course, it was down 547 the day before uh, when uh, I suppose Jerome Powell dropped a bit of a bomb on the market uh, when he said, 
you know, higher for longer. That's interest rates. I was shocked to see yesterday the yield curve closed at a spread of 107 basis points. That's right. You had the, uh, the, the, actually it hit 109 at one point. You have the five, the two year is now at 5.07. Okay, so you can go help fund the government's debt by buying some of their treasuries. And uh, over the next two years, you'll get paid 5.07%. That's not a bad CD, I suppose. Yeah, the trick is you got to figure out what to do with it when they give you the money back in two years, right? Yes, and hopefully they'll be there to give you the money back. And, uh, you know, and the 10-year, and the okay, is 107 basis points lower than that at 3.98%. That's where it closed yesterday, 3.98%. Now, even though the market was down a little bit, you had more testimony from Jerome Powell yesterday, basically saying the same thing that he said on Tuesday, the chip stocks were very strong yesterday. The NASDAQ was up uh, 46 points today. And uh, I sent out a tweet this morning <clears throat> to uh, my subscribers. I sent out a public tweet on Twitter. If you get a chance to look at that, uh, just go to at Bill Gunderson on Twitter. Uh, and I sent out a, uh, a message to our clients and our subscribers that the NASDAQ is oh so close. Oh so close to what? A moving average crossover, otherwise known as a golden cross, where the 50-day moving average, a technical indicator, moves above the longer-term 200-day moving average, another technical indicator. And when those two intersect, it can either be good or bad. Uh, A little over a year ago, it crossed below the 200-day moving average, which is known as a death cross. And uh, now we are ever so close, maybe within a few days to a week. I mean, it looks to me like it's inevitable that you're going to see a golden cross on the NASDAQ. Now, that's the last index to form a golden cross. Uh, A golden cross occurred in the Dow late December. A golden cross occurred in the S&P about a month ago. And now the one that got torn up the most in 2022, uh, the NASDAQ was down 35%. Uh, it's now ready to make its golden cross. So I, I come back to uh, the market, the stock market, and the, and the bond market seem to be at odds with one another. Uh, the bond market, which is normally leaning towards the bearish side of things, is seeing a hard landing. The stock market doesn't seem to be seeing that at all. Barry, are you seeing any signs at all that uh, the market is worried about a hard landing recession right now? No, I mean, if it, I, mean, I feel like if you're worried about a hard landing recession, right, we would be uh, at the lows that we were, um, you know, when at the lowest part of this uh, this particular bear market. Um, you, know, it, you know, interest rates obviously had an effect on that in terms of bringing multiples in, but you know, uh, recession. You're gonna you 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 see, uh, you see it in earnings, and we're not. You know, we just we just haven't seen that. Doesn't mean we may not see it at some point, but in this particular at this particular time, we, you know, we're not seeing it, which is why, you know really why the market has softened up is because of the fact that 
you know, the 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 economy, you know, Too those strong. rates, yeah, those rates haven't flowed through and haven't, uh, you know, the the quote unquote transition mechanism, right, or transmitting mechanism hasn't it hasn't all transmitted yet. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> all the kinds economy, of right? uh, different theories as to what higher for longer means. Uh, <laughs> those were Jerome Powell's words: higher rates for longer. Uh, but uh, the market seems to be, uh, you know, and that's why you see the market uh, cheering uh, a a rise. Although, you know, look, it went from it went up twenty. They went up twenty one thousand. Uh, the expectation was one hundred ninety five thousand. It came in at two hundred eleven thousand. But I will say this: that's the first time in quite some time that we've seen a higher than expected jobless claims number and if i'm not mistaken isn't tomorrow the uh, non-farm payrolls number yeah we get the non-farm payrolls Uh. of course today you had uh, you know the initial jobless claims finally finally came in higher (laughs) than estimated right i think it was i think the estimate this time was uh, 195 uh, came in around 211 so um, finally, you know, at least based on the estimate, right? Finally, uh, you know, had a number that that came in, uh, you know, above estimate, and uh, you know, the market at least uh, right now is is, is you know, showing that, of course, that's a uh, you know, bad news is good news for the for the markets or interest rates at this point. Yep, exactly. And another uh, report that came out, the Challenger uh, job cuts report. <laughs> I always look to see if my name's on there. But I survived another week. Uh, they had 77,000 job cuts announced in February. And we try to, you know, we try to, uh, to talk about the big ones at Microsoft and at Meta and, and, and the various big tech companies. But I don't know. There's a company out there that actually, uh, you know, tracks jobs cuts. And uh, 77,000 is actually down from uh, 103,000 in January. But what was it a year ago today? 15,000. Right. So and, it's and a five-fold. Yeah, I've seen some. I've seen some uh, some numbers. It's kind of concerning because, of course, small businesses are really the engine of America. Uh, and I've seen some, you know, seen some numbers in terms of you know some job cuts or, or layoffs, and it was in some of these. Uh, uh, surveys and, and and you know essentially that uh, small uh, you know small businesses are actually um, shedding some jobs, which uh, you know to me is even more concerned. Okay, when we come back, then we'll go through where the job cuts are taking place, and then I got a lot to talk about today: uh, the semiconductors, the chips, uh, and a lot of energy, a lot of energy news here today. And it is a good day so far for, as I said, the much maligned fossil fuels. We'll be right back. Here to the uh, second quarter of today's uh, best stocks now show just a few uh, you know cool spots uh, in the economy. Most of the job cut announcements happening in tech, and of course, look, tech had a bad year last year. The Nasdaq was down thirty five percent, 
And, uh, you know, the, uh, the social media companies have had a slowdown, uh, uh, the uh, digital advertising, the search, it's all had a slowdown. So that's where the biggest percentage of the cuts are coming. But uh, you can also look at retail, look at what's happening at Bed Bath & Beyond and the continued move to online, uh, you know, ordering through Amazon. That's another soft spot. And the last one's financial. Of course, the financial industry, uh, with the uh, sell-off in the market last year and rising interest rates affecting you know, the mortgage brokers, uh, there's not as much uh, merger acquisition activity taking place. And then, of course, the real estate industry. Those are the hardest-hit sectors uh, with these. And you know what? I mean, if you look at it, those were the most bloated sectors also. And that's one of the reasons why the Fed stepped in, started hiking interest rates, because you had <clears throat> those sectors <coughs> on the overheated uh, side. Japan, the second day in a row now, a, com- a country has come in with zero growth. Okay, Now, we're going to track this. Yesterday it was the Eurozone. Zero growth. Not recession. Zero growth. The zero zone. Yeah, that's not good. And Japan uh, uh, today comes in no growth and showing a fragile recovery. Well, and pre, and don't forget pre-COVID, especially when England was part of the EU, and you know the eurozone is the uh, was the largest economic zone in the world. Uh, yes, exactly. And then it was us, and then it was China. So, uh, you know, for for a third, just just call it, you know, for a, a, a very large portion of the world's economy to have zero, and then tack on Japan as well, um, you know, just doesn't you know, kind of, you know, it kind of seems normal or should kind of seem happen when you think of, I mean, think about the amount of interest rate raises across the globe. We, we focus, you know, here in the U.S., but, um, I mean, you, you've even got Japan coming off of their negative or, or zero rate that they've really had in place for, what, more than two decades almost. Yeah, and don't forget China lowering their growth projected growth rate down into well, what what did they project? Five I think it was percent? five. I think it was enormous. Yeah, five. It's, it's uh, been in the sevens yeah, forever. It, yeah, it's usually a usually a seven or an eight target is what they would would throw out there forever. And then of course this year it's a it was a five. So exactly. Okay, now uh, yesterday was another really good day for the chip stocks. Okay, and uh, they seem to be bucking this trend here recently. Uh, NVIDIA, AMD, both had very good days. AMD's having another good day. You know, that's one of the best-looking charts in the entire market right now is AMD. And, uh, you know, that was one of the very first uh, growth stocks that we got back into way early this year. AMD itself is getting close to a golden cross. Uh, and uh, I still show it with, you know, about 110% upside potential. So I thought I would mention that. Uh, even though the Dow was down yesterday, uh, those stocks had a really good day. So uh, the other one that's uh, been looking pretty good here recently is Taiwan Semiconductor. It's it's flat today, but it's been pretty uh, a nice little rally. And Broadcom, after the report, Broadcom is uh, breaking out to a new 52-week high today. So that seems to be the hot spot in the growth stock uh, uh, sector of the market. And I would say the second uh, hot spot would be the... uh, would be in the uh, software, the cloud, the uh, uh, Salesforce uh, and uh, ServiceNow, uh, stocks like that. 
you know, it just seems that when the growth, when money starts going back into growth stocks, that's where it goes first. Then if it, you know, really starts to get going, then it starts trickling out into other areas. But the most reliable growth earnings over the recent past have been in the, uh, you know, the semiconductors and in the software. Powell says no decision made on ratcheting up rate hike pace in his house testimony. So in other words, they're going to watch the data, which is nothing new. Uh, he didn't say that we're going to wrap <coughs> ratchet up <coughs> to a half a percent uh, this coming meeting. There's no been no, but he definitely did open the door uh, to that kind of uh, of a hike. Okay, you're going to like this one. Now it looks appears to me to be DOA dead on arrival, but. Biden's budget plan includes a 25% billionaire tax and an almost 40% capital gains tax. Okay. <laughs> Are you have you gotten up off the floor? Oh, I yeah, and I'm trying to and when when I had to read it 3 times cuz I'm trying to figure out okay, is this just the capital gains tax for billionaires or is it for everybody you know, all investment and i'm like i, I mean you're, you're essentially destroy you know investment i don't know what the i don't know what the capital gains taxes and in, in europe or you know in some european economies we but, have the highest yeah right uh, and so corporate. president biden will propose on thursday a federal budget that seeks to increase outlays and still narrow the deficit by imposing so he wants to increase spending How's he going to pay for it? Increase taxes by imposing a 25% minimum tax on billionaires. Okay, No matter what you invest in, no matter what losses you took, no, <laughs> it's a minimum tax, which, you know, they've also uh, done that with corporations. And nearly, this is the one that will just drop you to the, nearly doubling the capital gains tax to 39.6% from 20%. He'll also propose quadrupling a 1% stock buybacks tax, a buyback tax. In addition, the government aims to go after corporations and wealthy individuals who haven't paid taxes. The proposal seeks to ease the cost of child care and provide free preschool for all of the country's four-year-olds. God bless the four-year-olds. we got to look out for them. Moves that, I have a four-year-old grandchild, moves that White House officials say will help boost the economy by allowing more women to work. Okay, I mean, you could definitely debate all of these things. Uh, but that's, more, I read it more like a campaign, uh, you know, a, a campaign platform than a budget. Unfortunately, but that's I think that's where we are. Yep, and that's of course you know. Look, this is uh, March. Uh, November is six months away, and November of twenty twenty four is uh, eighteen months away. As we get to start thinking about who we want as our next president, so this is the opening salvo here uh, from apparently the guy who wants to run again. And the other one was in re- increasing the Medicare tax rate on those with income over four hundred thousand dollars per year. So 
you're talking about massive tax increases uh, that he is proposing here. Okay, well, when we come back, we'll talk about a lot of uh, a lot of energy news and a lot of individual companies chiming in. This is Bill Gunnerson and Barry Kite. This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. Welcome back to the uh, second half of today's uh, Best Stocks Now show. Uh, let's just check in here on the market. The market was cheering uh, the, the the layoffs. It still is. The Dow's up 137. S&P up 18. NASDAQ up 74. Uh, the Walgreens store, I just want to go back to for a minute. You know, not every state... Uh, allows uh, the uh, the drug, the abortion, the so-called abortion drug, which I don't know how you pronounce this. It's a, it's a long word. Let me find that uh, here. I have never really heard the name before except in this article. Mifepristone. Mifepristone? Uh, so the, uh, you know, uh, there are states that uh, say, no, you can't sell it in our state. So Walgreens announced that they're only going to dispense it in states that they're allowed to dispense it in. And Governor Newsom in California wants them to dispense it in all states, regardless of what, you know, the so bills were, being passed saying. So I did, when, when you hit the story a couple of days ago, I, so so they were dispensed, so they they agreed to dispense it in California, but he still yeah. was mad at him. Okay. Yeah, because they wouldn't right. do it in every right. state. Walgreens plans to dispense Mephithpristone in any jurisdiction where it's legally permissible to do so. So I'm sure it's permissible in California, consistent with federal and state laws. And and he's pulling a $54 million contract from them, canceling the contract. I would think that Walgreens would have uh, uh, you know, some legal <laughs> yeah. uh, rights there uh, to challenge this. But Newsom said the state was done with the company, uh, as it decided not to distribute Mephipristone in 20 states where Republicans are threatening legal action. Well, the, I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, I, I get that he's got, you know, uh, presidential federal a- aspirations, but he's in charge of a state. A like, state. I mean, a, a single state. I mean, you know, you, I mean, we can go back and forth on state rights and everything, but, I mean, it just, it, you know. Yes. I didn't catch that part of the story. I thought, yes. it, was, I thought it had to do with them not wanting I to, did too. to sell it in the state. When, That's when what I thought at first, that they were taking a moral stand. No, they're that's just looking. That's a whole looking. different uh, aspect. Yes, and Walgreens is a member of the Dow, so that's why I bring it up. Okay, the next story is a little bit on the scary side. Next Era uh, is 
the largest producer of renewable energy uh, in the country. The CEO, we, all, we, we wrote up next year uh, quite some time ago. It's based out of Florida. Uh, and they, they, they're, they're an energy company that is actually quite diversified uh, with all kinds of different forces of energy. But the CEO of the world's largest producer of renewable energy said Wednesday he sees offshore wind as a bad bet in, a, in the fight against climate change due to the complications of installing and maintaining infrastructure at sea and the high cost of transmitting electricity back to shore. I've always said to myself, that just doesn't seem very uh, efficient. Number one, uh, they're not exactly pretty, uh, windmills, uh, putting them up in uh, pristine areas of the ocean. Number two, of course, one of the areas targeted is, is the lobster fishing grounds up off of New England, uh, which has got the, uh, the fishermen all upset. Uh, and number three, uh, I know that Europe, uh, they looked at their production from renewable energy, and even though they've, they've installed more wind uh, farms in Europe, they're getting, they got 10% less uh, power last year from it because they wasn't windy as it normally is. The winds can be fickle, uh, you know. Uh, I've learned that the sun is fickle. I have a little solar generator at home that will power my office if uh, need be. And, uh, you know, I've recharged the generator uh, several times from the sun. Some days it can take a week, depending on if it's cloudy or not, all right? So it's not very dependable. It's just hard not to see. Uh, I told my wife this. Uh, I've been telling her this lately. I said, you know what I see in the future? I see a lot of energy shortages. There's just no way that we, we're going down the same path Europe went down with their uh, natural gas pipelines and their cutting of this and going to renewables. And, uh, you know, I mean, they, they have pictures of people in office buildings in, in Germany with their gloves on and park is, because there's not enough energy to go around. So, it's not a good thing. We're, we're not really thinking too smartly, I don't think, about the future. Equinor CEO sees tight Europe gas supplies for two more winters. Well, I don't know what they got in place. I see it for more than two more winters. I, would, I was going to say, what's going on in the third winter? What I don't do know. <laughs> and then Total Energies, which is the French company CEO, he warns of dangerous price caps on Russian oil. He said this is dangerous for markets and will be difficult to remove. You know, I just it's I, I just scan all the news every day and and pick out the the ones that uh, seem to me to be the most important. And I can't tell you how many stories I've seen in the last several months, maybe the last year, of guys that CEOs of energy companies that have been in the business all their life that are or pipeline companies, they're putting up dire warnings. And, uh, you know, the two states that, that have the most renewable energy is Cal- are California and Texas. And, of course, they have the most uh, blackouts. <sighs> okay, well, stocks most susceptible to stronger wealth effect. Yeah, okay. You know, they're, this is more from Bank of America. Why are all the big banks, Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Gold, why are they so bearish? 
I mean, these guys are bearish. They say that the wealth effect is going to kill the economy, that people are starting to feel the drop in their 401ks and the drop in their IRAs, and they're going to stop spending uh, and, and, and rein in, which would obviously would, would, would be one of the reasons to lead to a recession. But it just seems like, I don't know, they seem to be overly bearish on a J.P. Morgan, same way, on a continual basis. Well, and if you want both, it's like, you know, there's, you know, you've got, you know, whether, you know, you get folks, one side wants inflation, you know, to come down, and then, the and then of course, you know, the effect of that is obviously is, is put, you know, folks are going to have layoffs, you've got to have a slowdown in the economy to make that happen, and, you know, it's, you know, folks act like they don't, don't want the medicine or don't know what the medicine is. I mean, these are economic principles that have been used for, you know, years and years and years. Yeah. Well, on a daily basis, you know, when we have bad days in the market or if we have good days in the market uh, from time to time, I reiterate, uh, you know, what our earnings forecast is. Uh, You know, you can look at all these other uh, items, the wealth effect, the January effect, the buy-in may and or sell in may and go away but you know at the end of the day i've always said uh, i like to look at something very tangible i'm a mathematician i guess at heart uh i like looking at very tangible things and that's bottom line earnings bottom line earnings and that's you know the thing that we can track and watch every single week and kind of screen out all of the noise that comes into the market on a daily basis. General Electric reaffirms their 2023 earnings guidance. And I've been uh, complimenting General Electric. I was very negative on General Electric and very uncomplimentary for a long, long time on uh, the company and the mismanagement there and the mess that Immelt left. But they've made a nice comeback, and uh, they're not one... they're not uh, what they once were, but they survived, and uh, the stock is uh, doing quite well. Now, the other area of the market, and I hate to you know, even mention this sector of the market, but the weapons and the defense stocks, uh, as conflict uh, rages all around the world, BAE Systems is one of the hottest stocks in the entire market. Uh, the symbol is B-A-E-S-Y. And uh, being from uh, San Diego most of my life, we had a pretty healthy defense industry in San Diego. And uh, I knew a lot of people that worked uh, for uh, the defense industry, uh, Spay War, uh, BAE Systems, etc. Now, BAE is a U.K. kingdom, United Kingdom-based provider of defense, aerospace, security. That stock is breaking out to a new all-time high today, uh, and they're getting more big contracts all the time. I have it labeled as a top pick. I don't own it, but it is a top. If I had an opening right now uh, in one of my portfolios, uh, it has 88% upside potential, B-A-E-S-Y. They get a quarter of a billion dollar contract for U.S. Navy modifications for amphibious combat vehicles or ACVs. I'd like to take one of those out to the reef fishing sometime. We'll be right back. You got it. 
Here to the uh, final segment of today's The Best Stocks Now show, where the market today cheering on bad news uh, of uh, an increase uh, in the uh, jobless claims. Now, as I look inside and underneath the surface of the markets, uh, I see in the Dow, I see uh, Intel is the leading stock. You know, I got to. Take a look at Intel again from a value proposition. Intel has just been plastered. It's uh, has been as high as $69 per share. It's currently trading at $27. Uh, they've kind of lost their way. Listen to their, their sales over the last four quarters. Minus 7%, minus 22%, minus 20%, minus 32%. That's really bad, and they just keep losing out time and time again. I have a hunch, though, that Intel has the capacity to turn it around at some point in time. Well, at uh, some point they're gonna, you know, the, the, you would you would think that they're gonna execute. I mean, the problem is they've they've really you know haven't executed on their uh, on their new chips and new products over over you know I don't know probably the last six seven years. And AMD's ate their lunch. Yep, I keep watching for something, uh, some kind of catalyst. They need a catalyst at Intel. Uh, the PE ratio is fourteen. It's been down as low as eight recently. The second best performer in the Dow is American Express. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's one of Buffett's, I think, that he made a lot of money in. Uh, it's hard to find much value there. I, I have 55% upside potential over the next five years. I like 80% or more. Microsoft is the third best performer. It's up 2.2%. Uh, I like how it's spread out in the Dow. You've got a financial, you've got a tech stock, you've got a software, a chip stock. Uh, you've got a retail stock with Nike up 1.5%, Goldman Sachs, a financial up one3 and an energy stock. Uh, energy stocks are having a good day. Exxon's up one2 The leader of the S&P 500, I haven't said this in a long time, uh, the biggest gainer for the S&P 500 is GE. General Electric, it's up 8.2%. And they've came out of your mouth a a few times in the last week and a half or two. And it just goes to show you that uh, forecast and and earnings expectations is what really drives stocks, not so much what they've made in the past. Yes, their track record has a lot to do with it, but it's all about the future. And that's all GE did today was reaffirm their guidance that was already out there. But that's forward guidance, uh, and the stock is up 8.2% just because they reaffirmed their guidance. Uh, Phillips 76, which uh, has been under some heavy pressure recently, PSX, uh, not really, it's just going sideways. The oil stock's having a good day. It's up 3.3% in the S&P. Intel's up 3%. PayPal, uh, another one to, to, that's hard to find much value in. I have 61% upside potential in PayPal. This all comes from the www.beststocksnowapp.com, uh, which is continuing to undergo a major overhaul. 
And uh, we've got the design all done, and now it's just a matter of putting the uh, the engine underneath it, which is almost pretty much built and in place. So I'm looking it's forward to make it pretty. Yeah, it's no that that part's done now. Oh, yes, the design and uh, the way it uh, is laid out. I oversaw that whole process, Uh, and uh, now it's just uh, you know getting the engine underneath that we've already built uh, matched to the uh, design. Okay, now uh, the S and P five hundred PayPal DR Horton up two point eight percent Amazon. Up 2.2%. Then you go to the NASDAQ, and uh, I don't know what's up with DISH. There must be some kind of dispute going on with them and one of the cable providers, but that's a lousy stock. Uh, DISH Network is up 4.9%. A lot of times stocks like that hit the uh, the Reddit crowd that are doing GameStop and uh, Bed Bath and & Beyond and uh, others uh, that are not uh, so healthy. Amazon's big question mark. It remains a question mark in my mind as I see it struggle. It's really, it has not been, all I can say is it bottomed. It bottomed at about the same time Meta, Facebook bottomed. But Facebook went on a nice run and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Amazon went on a little bit of one, and then it pretty much gave it all back up. I think there's still a lot of question marks around Amazon. Their sales growth has slowed to single digit, you know, seven to ten percent, and their earnings growth—it's all over the place. I mean, they just reported a quarter where they only made three cents per share, and I'm sure there's a lot of extraordinary stuff in there. Uh, but still, their sales, their earnings were down 98% from the prior year. Uh, and they've got Whole Foods Market, which, you know, they've got uh, inflation issues. And the cost of delivering continues to go higher. I constantly marvel how they can afford uh, to deliver a pack of seeds to my house, right? Uh, heirloom tomato seeds. <laughs> and free, not charge me anything. But I guess, the, hey, we're in the neighborhood. We're dropping off. It's almost becoming like a postal service in a way. So I still have question marks about Amazon. Uh, AMD is having another good day. Uh, I, I posted that chart up yesterday. And then the last one is one I mentioned before, Broadcom. Uh, which is breaking out. That's one of the stronger chip stocks right now. And they haven't even announced anything uh, in AI yet for Broadcom, but it seems like everybody eventually gets on that train. All right, well, today's Thursday, so I'm already starting to uh, sharpen my pencil here uh, on the earnings outlook for the rest of this year, 2023. Uh, 2022 is now in the books uh, it pretty much came in line with what was expected. Uh, the target price that we set out uh, was pretty close. We had to halfway. We had to make adjustments to our multiple during the year, and by you know by the six month mark, we had the pr- target price for the S and P pretty uh, right on what it came down to. Uh, you had to narrow that multiple with all of those interest rate hikes. Now this year, it's going to be more tilted towards the earning side of the equation and uh, i'm constantly every day in the app updating earnings on individual companies 
So I'll have a new number out tomorrow for uh, our target price, 12-month target price. Uh, and uh, a lot of good stuff in this week's newsletter. You get two free weeks at GunnersonCapital.com. If you'd like to interview us, talk to us about your portfolio, 855-611-BEST. 855-611-BEST. Have a great day, everybody. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Ameritrade. Ameritrade is a member of SIPC and FINRA.